I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't like the Lakers or the Heat. <laughs> well, it seems like all of them have views that go against the Dallas Mavericks. And I don't feel right putting any of them in the NBA Finals. I'd prefer not to have the NBA Finals at all, but that doesn't seem right either. What should I do? And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me today, it's you, the listener. We are running back our segment of Asking listeners questions on Twitter, seeing their takes, getting some takes. And this time we're asking, who do you want to win the NBA Finals, the Lakers or the Heat? Kind of a no-win situation for Mavs fans. Isaac and I talked about that yesterday, but we're getting into it with two listeners today, some good ones, especially the last one. You'll have to listen all the way to the end. We actually talk about Joe Burrow at the end, but some good stuff about the Heat, basically, is what everyone seemed to decide, at least on Twitter, the, the you know 40 or so people that responded to me. But before I get to that, I want to do something that actually Matt Moore, HP Basketball on Twitter. Matt Moore said this on Twitter today. He said, rank the top 10 players in the NBA Finals. Matt Moore also hosts Locked On Nuggets, by the way, on our Locked On Podcast Network. So I looked at that question and I said, man, rank the 10 players. Because we've been talking about this Finals matchup as LeBron and AD are in one and two. And then people have been saying, well, the Heat have the next seven or the next six or however many players next. And so I wanted to go through it and actually see if that was true. So I'm going to give you my list. I went through it. I went, I dug through some stats. I decided to, I've watched most of their games. I feel like throughout the the playoffs, both these teams, because the Heat are just, man, the Heat are so fun to watch. It's just something about this team that are super fun to watch. And which is probably why a lot of you are saying I'd rather have the Heat win because they're just aesthetically pleasing. But I went through the list, LeBron and AD won two. I think the importance of the two players are, you know, I mean, they're off the charts. I also, I went through this list and decided to go, who is the best player right now, playing right now? So some of them are, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've been here before or they have shown things in the past and I think they can play at a certain level. Some of them, Tyler Hero's one that is pretty polarizing, right? Where does he rank on this list? He's playing really well right now. But he's also a rookie, and he's going into the finals. And at what point does does he keep playing this way? So we'll, we'll go through that. But I decided to how to pick how they're playing right now through the playoffs and up till right now. LeBron and AD still number one. I don't think that's arguable. Those guys have been absolutely insane. They they've played so well. AD probably best defensive player in the game. Lockdown Lakers really thinks that, and they watch him every single game. I've watched pretty much every Lakers game this year, and AD has been absolutely insane. LeBron has been absolutely insane. You just have to watch the end of that game five against the Nuggets. Then the next three are pretty easy in in the next tier. I'll I'll go Isaac's level and go tiers. Butler, Bam, and Dragic. I think Dragic is the obvious third in that tier. Butler and Bam, you can go back and forth. It depends on what game. The thing about Bam is he's going to give up some height to AD. Now, he's used to giving up height to some guys. He guards seven-footers all the time. But giving up height to AD is going to be a little bit of an issue so that's one thing i'm going to look up and look and watch for because ad is able to shoot over the top of people he likes to do that mid-range jumper where if you can't contest right in his face and you're not right there then it's not really going to do anything Dragic, heat leading scorer by the way still (laughs) through three rounds in the playoffs he's absolutely crazy 
A lot of our listeners are Slovenian. I don't have to tell you how good Goran Dragic has been. Number six, top 10 players in the NBA Finals. I went with Tyler Hero. I think he's the sixth best player in the finals right now playing. That's absolutely insane for a rookie guy coming out of Kentucky that had never scored 30 points in college. His whole his whole season in college, he never scored 30 points. Scores 37 in the Eastern Conference Finals. He's averaging 16.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, almost 4 assists. And for him, it's just the ceiling. He can give you an insane game at any point. He can go get you a bucket. The way that he's scored also, he's not just an opportunist scorer. He's a guy that you can just put the ball in his hands and say, go out and score on someone. He can do that. And so I think he's been absolutely crucial for them. Defensively is where I wonder about Tyler Hero. And that's, you know, maybe he should be lower on this list because of his defense, but I think the Lakers are definitely going to hunt that matchup. Number seven, and this is going to upset some Mavs fans. Rajon Rondo. Playoff Rondo. I went with it. I've watched every single Lakers game, and he has been absolutely crucial for them. It's so weird to watch him and see how different he's been from the regular season to the playoffs. Over nine points a game, 7.2 assists per game, 1.6 steals a game, and those steals are massive for the Lakers because the Lakers turn that into instant offense almost right away. Only two and a half turnovers, so 7.2 assists to two and a half turnovers. That's massive. And then he's shooting 13 of 29 from three in the playoffs. That's 45%. It's <laughs> 45% from Rondo. It's not a ton of attempts, but he's making it, he's at least making it, you know, making you honest. He was huge in that Houston series. He, in game two, so the Lakers lose game one. In game two, he had 10 points, nine assists, and five steals in that game. He was massive. Game three against Houston, 21 points, nine assists. Huge game for him. He swung the game. Game four, 11 points, 10 boards, eight assists, almost a triple-double. That was massive. They won all three of those games. Basically took the, the series as a you know in a stranglehold after losing game one. Also, in the Denver series, he played defense on Jokic a couple times, and he actually made it really tough for him. It was really weird that you can just throw Rondo on somebody like Jokic out around the elbow and make his life really tough. He's going to stay there. His base is solid. His arms are super long. We know that. He got a couple of steals here and there, but... Obviously, he's not a Jokic stopper, but he made it tough for him. And I think that they're going to be able to throw him at certain guys. And hopefully, his defense holds up. As, as a Lakers fan, I'm saying that. But you guys know that. Number eight, I went with Jay Crowder. Uh, he should probably be higher on this list. But in the first 10 games of the playoffs, he shot 41.7% from three. 35 of 84 in his first 10 games. Absolutely scorching it. And we know, you know, you guys know as Mavs fans, how Jay Crowder can be streaky. The last five games... 7 of 38 from 3. That's 18.4% from 3. He's just streaky. So he's on a a cold streak right now. Is that going to pick back up? We'll see. His defense on LeBron is going to be absolutely massive. They absolutely need him. He is going to be really important. Maybe the second most important wing defender behind Butler. Definitely the second most (laughs) on the Heat team. So Jay Crowder there. Also, he's the fifth Heat player. So there's only five Heat players that are averaging over 30 minutes a game. And I think minutes per game in the, in the playoffs is so important because it gets it shows you who's important and who the coach trusts and who Spolster trusts. And he trusts Jay Crowder the fifth most on the team, which is why he's the fifth Heat on this list. Nine, KCP. I'm going with it. KCP has made fun of a lot, but he has been really, really solid for the Lakers. 42.1% from three on five three-point attempts per game in the playoffs. He's averaging a steal a game. He's third in minutes per game on the Lakers. Massive. His defense has been really, really good. Just solid. He's ninth. I think he's the ninth best player in the finals. 
And number 10, there's some guys left. There's Duncan Robinson. There's Kyle Kuzma. Isaac just laughed somewhere, like, off in a distance. Andre Iguodala. Uh, Dwight Howard. <laughs> Alex Caruso. But the guy that I picked was Danny Green. He has not shot well at all. But... He's, he's shot decently well in the last couple of games. The whole you know playoffs, he basically hasn't shot well at all. Just hit any shot. But he is kind of a legacy pick. He was almost the finals MVP in 2013. You forget that. That was when the Heat won with the Ray Allen shot. But the Spurs were up 3-2 in that series. Danny Green was shooting 30 of 38 from three, averaging 18 points a game in that series. And then in game six and seven, the Spurs lost to the Heat. He shot two of 11, so just complete letdown. And one of the reasons why the Heat lost those, you know, that series, they came back and won it the next year. Kawhi got MVP. Danny Green's been in the finals last year, so that's at least three. I don't know if he's been in any more than that, but at least three finals he's been in. And it's a legacy pick for me. He, his defense has been solid the whole playoffs and, and actually really good. He always knows where to be. And so I picked him over a guy like Duncan Robinson, who hasn't been in this before. And a guy like Andre Iguodala, who I'll talk about in a second, and a guy like Kyle Kuzma, because I trust Danny Green a little bit more than those guys. Now, why do you trust Danny Green more than Andre Iguodala? Andre Iguodala was a Finals MVP, but he's seventh in minutes per game on the Heat right now. He's averaging under 20 minutes per game in the playoffs, only 17 minutes per game in the Eastern Conference Finals. Against a team like the Celtics, who have all those wings, why wouldn't you play Andre Iguodala more? Now, Maybe they were saving him, but it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Don't don't save anybody at this point. So they end up winning anyway in six games. But uh, how much can Andre Iguodala give them is the big question for me. That's why he's not on the list for me. Duncan Robinson. A lot of people have Duncan Robinson high on this list I was looking. But for him, it's feast or famine, man. It, he's not as consistent as Tyler Hero. In six games in the playoffs, he shot over 50% from three. And in eight games, he shot under 29%. If he's not hitting his three, he's not giving you a ton else offensively. Defense, he's a little bit better than Hero, but I still also worry about you know the Lakers hunting him if I am a, a Heat fan. He's also never been in the situation before, essentially a rookie, and so we'll see how he responds to this situation. And then Kyle Kuzma, the last one I'll actually touch on. He hit a game winner in the bubble. His defense has actually been pretty good, uh, but he's so inconsistent. I mean, he's under 32% from three, under one assist per game so far in the playoffs. Not great. Seventh in minutes per game on the Lakers. You'd hope that that would be higher if he was going to be their quote-unquote third star. He's not right now. And so I think he's going to be either guarded by you know whoever, one of the wing defenders that's not guarding LeBron, and that's going to be really tough for him. So that's my list. Uh LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Rajon Rondo, Jay Crowder, KCP, and Danny Green in that order. That's who I think are the top 10 players in the finals. And now, coming up, let's hear from two fans, Mavs fans, who they want to win in the NBA Finals. Talk about that coming up. But before we do, rockauto.com wants to do two things. They want to supply you with all the parts your car will ever need. And they want to do it in an easy way, in an efficient way. Your car, you want it to be as efficient as possible. Some of you probably out there have hybrids like mine, and you want everything to be efficient, fuel efficiency. You want speed efficiency for some of you guys with you know tougher engines and those that actually are built to go fast. You want it to be more efficient to get to that speed. RockAuto.com also has efficiency in their search engine you can find anything you need their catalog is unique you can just search the parts for your specific car make model year just go down the list 
You can find it just like that. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you want to spend up to twice as much for the same parts you'd have to go and get out of the house and go to a brick-and-mortar store or go to a dealership and pay for it there as they replace it? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right in lockdown in there. How did you hear about us boxes? They know that we sent you rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Right in lockdown in there. How did you hear about us box? And also, today's episode is sponsored by the great app DoorDash. Between the never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails and all the stuff that you're doing, a lot of you are still working at home. I'm working from home still. And you just want to give yourself a meal. Give yourself something extra. DoorDash is the thing to do. It's the app that brings you the food that you're craving right now to your door. Over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. They have many of your favorite local restaurants that are still open for delivery. We got to keep these local places open. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter Locked On NBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code Locked On NBA. Don't forget, that's code Locked On NBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And welcome in our first. Locked on Mavs, Raccoon Squad listener of the podcast, Bryson. Bryson is at Bryson Znasty with a Z. Bryson's Nasty. Are you nasty, Bryson? Uh, it's Z as in my middle initial nasty, but I try to keep it not too nasty these days. <laughs> 15-year-old Bryson was a lot nastier when he created that. So it's Twitter not like apostrophe Z. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, I didn't get capitalization right on it. Look, I was young. We made mistakes. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Glad you're not as nasty as you <laughs> once were. But we brought you on because yeah. the question, the prompt of the day is, as a Mavericks fan, which team do you want to win in the finals? It's kind of a no-win situation. We talked about it yesterday on the pod. Bryson responded and said, Heat! Exclamation point. I hate Wade with... <laughs> I hate Wade. My Heat hate don't run much deeper than that. I'm not a LeBron guy and I'm not a Lakers guy. Plus, if the Lakers implode and the Clippers implode, that helps the Mavs get two teams out of the West, hopefully. So, a lot to unpack there. First of all, how can you justify wanting the Heat to win after everything the Mavs and Heat have gone through? How, as a Mavs fan, have you like come to grips with that? So, honestly, as a Mavs fan, the 2006 Finals, I am, I'm pretty young, 25. I was... 11 in 2006 so it hurts but it only hurts in a way that is historically like i was too young to really really grasp what happened and you know the whole rest situation but in 2011 that's like my peak sports like fandom i'm like 16 years old in high school diehard Mavs fan and that 2011 championship almost erases the 2006, mm. you know, staying and actually makes it a little bit sweeter in a weird kind of, you know, beating the super heat, which had LeBron James in it, which is a player growing up. I just always love to hate respect <laughs> him. Just not a big fan. What is it about LeBron that makes him so easy to hate? It seems like a lot of people that have been responding to this. And obviously you, if you listen to the podcast, Isaac, hates LeBron with almost every fiber yeah. of his being. But why is it so yeah. easy to hate a guy like LeBron, in your opinion? Well, honestly, there's only two things you can do when a player is generally, generationally great is either 
hate them or love them. You really don't. There, no one doesn't have a strong opinion on Tom Brady and LeBron James for my generation. So you pick one really early in your life, probably before your brain is even fully developed, even <laughs> how much pain hating this player is going to cause you. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't like the decision. I just thought it was a little weird. I'm a hometown guy. I'm from Dallas. So watching him leave Cleveland, I didn't like him at Cleveland, but watching him leave Cleveland, join the super team, that just always didn't sit right with me. Plus, I'm a, a Jordan goat truther. So LeBron being a lot of people's goat, never liked that. And probably my hottest take growing up was Already. I thought Melo was going to be better than LeBron. Oh, I it's I mean, it's 100% wrong. But <laughs> Denver, Denver Mello was probably my favorite non-Mav uh, growing up watching. And so I was always like, one day Mello will actually be greater than LeBron James. <laughs> I've given up on that thing. I, yeah, I when I when I when they got drafted, I really wanted that to happen as well. I didn't I didn't think it mm-hmm. even as a take, but when that happened, I was like, oh, I just wish that Melo would be better than him. But obviously, you know, we both know that he has ascended to heights that probably only one other player in the history of the sport has even gotten to, and that's Michael Jordan. So yeah. LeBron James, you didn't like the decision, so you're out on LeBron. We, I didn't realize we were going to have a nature versus nurture conversation on this podcast, but apparently the hate for <laughs> polarizing athletes starts before your brain's even developed, which I thought was a great take. Um, your, your next point here is that if the Lakers implode and the Clippers implode, so the Clippers already did implode, right? The news of Doc Rivers is parting ways yeah, with the Clippers. It and seems like an implosion. That's kind. It's sure. a mini implosion for them. Obviously, them losing in the, the second round is an implosion. But what do you think could happen mm-hmm. to the Lakers if they do lose? Like, let's say they get swept by the Heat. Let's say something crazy like that happens. What do you think could happen to the Lakers this this off season? Okay, so really, the only thing that I could see happening is they try to move a lot of their you know not very good deep or their bench pieces to try to get either a third star. Or just an actual third player, because I mean, yeah, they don't have a third. Star. You can't get me started on Rondo, but playoff Rondo is a sham. <laughs> it's gonna last. Maybe it might last this whole bubble series, something like that. But it's it it's not gonna last a next season or a couple seasons down the road. That's never gonna happen. I don't see Kyle Kuzma becoming that guy, and so. I just think they'll try to make a crazy trade happen or something to get this to a what they consider a championship roster. Which they're in the finals, so I mean that's close to a championship yeah. roster as you can get. But yeah, I, I agree yeah. that maybe some kind of you know panic move. Which of course I know every every non Laker fan out there is just like, oh, I just want to see the Lakers in panic mode, right? <laughs> just to, just to see them do something. <laughs> yeah, nice. Just to see them do something crazy, but. To get them out of the West, right, this is your your point. You said, plus, if the Lakers implode and the Clippers implode, that helps the Mavs get two teams out of the West, hopefully. I think both the Lakers and the Clippers, their shelf life is two or three years, depending on what the Lakers do after, I guess, it's, LeBron James may never end, but what they do with Davis going forward. like I think those two teams, their time is going to pass soon, and the Mavericks are going to rise right, right as those teams are, are falling. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I do agree, and... Um, that's a reason I think, because if you told me 
five years, let's just say somehow we rewound the clock five years and then LeBron and AD were on the Lakers, I'd be like, well, there's nothing we can do except for hopefully steal a one championship or something out of their historic run. But they're both, you can, they can mess up two or three years in a row and then they'll just be done for pretty much ever, you hope. So you can actually see them kind of imploding because their shelf life is so short and they know that. So they would have to make a kind of big move that could, you know, do end up like Dwight Howard and um, Steve Nash on the Knicks. You could, you can kind of see that possibly happening. <laughs> it's not super likely, but it's, I can see it in my Mavs fan brain. I can imagine that scenario happening. Oh, man, that Steve Nash, Dwight Howard team, that just it broke my heart. <laughs> that was just so... It was the greatest 2K team of all time oh, before yeah, they sure. actually played. Before they ever played, I would get destroyed by people playing Steve Nash and Dwight Howard and oh, Kobe man. Bryant. It's so wild. That team just did not work at all. There was a lot of injuries, but anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll end on this, Bryson. Yeah. What is your favorite Luka memory, favorite Mavs memory of recent? What's something that you're like, man, people don't talk about this enough? Oh, see, I mean, there's really not a one that I could pull that you wouldn't be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, like, yeah, obviously, that- the step back in the bubble is mm. like, and I can kind of go, I guess what would be like a take that you might not think of is just the having a generational talent where like every day I'm on ESP or, you know, if I'm looking at YouTube videos or watching, you know, Talking Heads ESPN show, there's a segment about a Maverick player or in the Mavs in general, like Luka Doncic being talked about is everybody's favorite talking point. And that as a sports fan is something I I don't think I've ever had. Even when Dirk and the Mavs were in the championship in 2011, it was, are the Heat going to lose to this team? It was never, the Mavs are a talking point on national sports you know, radio or whatever. And this was before podcasts and local, I really knew about you know local sports. So just having other people talk about the Mavericks and them kind of getting that shine is my favorite Luka memory, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. For sure. I totally get that. It's it's wild to see. I mean, the, the closest we had to that was when Dirk probably lost to the We Believe Warriors, right? Like, that was the one time that he was kind of mentioned. Even when they yeah. won in 2011, it was all about how LeBron lost. It wasn't even necessarily how the Mavs it, won. So this is the first time we've had a star that's just, like, completely, you know, a big topic, like you said. Yeah. Absolutely. And hearing, like, LeBron James just throw out Luka's name when he's talking about great players he would also want to play with. Also, yeah. He was trying not to get fined, but he threw out Luka Doncic, and he only threw out, like, four other players. So I was like, wow, that this, is, this guy's the truth, and I have hopefully 10 to 15, maybe 20 years of being a really happy Mavs fan. Mm, absolutely. Bryson, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on Lockdown Mavs. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. All right, and now our second Locked On Mavs Raccoon Squad listener of the podcast, backing the Heat. It's It was overwhelmingly Heat, by the way, all the responses that I had. I, I think I had one or two Lakers that, that responded, uh, Lakers fans, and so or Mavs fans that wanted to, the Lakers to win. So I'm, I was a little surprised that it was all Heat. But Sean Acosta, Sean, thanks so much for joining us. Sean's take was the Heat. They're more likable, and it's not close. Plus, Rondo quit on the Mavs. 
Davis pouted his way out of New Orleans. I just can't root guys like that on. Yeah. How can you reconcile as a Mavs fan rooting for the Heat now? Well, it's it's a, it's twofold, really. There's no more Dwayne Wade. I mean, honestly, if Dwayne Wade were still there, this would be terrible, and I would I would have to be like, oh God, I'm going to have to root for Rondo and uh, <laughs> and uh, and Davis. So I guess uh, you know my take's not as strong as I guess it could be, but yeah, there's no more Dwayne Wade. Um, and there's not really anything grounding him to that Heat team that we as Mavericks fans hated. I mean, going back to 06 where there were so many fouls for Wade and then the, the 2011 finals where it was the big three in Miami and everything. So there's, there's not that sort of emotional connection there anymore, really because of the lack of the makeup of the team being completely different. I think what is likable about this team, this iteration of the Heat is uh, you finally have Jimmy Butler in a position where he's able to succeed. And I think he's one of those stars that kind of rubs people the wrong way in a lot of his places that he's been. Um, putting him in that, in that sort of makeup with this team, I think it allows him to be that sort of leader when he needs to be, that a star needs to be, but he's also able to defer when another person just has their game going. Like, uh, we saw Hero have, Hero having his, game going recently like crazy for a rookie i mean and then obviously can step up and have a big game Bam can step up and have a big game uh i think the real key for them in the series is going to be how crowder plays and how iggy plays and how the rest of that that unit plays when they're on the floor obviously i'm not gonna like sugarcoat it and be like oh yeah it's gonna be easy for the heat or anything i mean the Lakers are still bringing LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which are probably uh, the two best uh, players in the series. I don't know if you can make an argument, but they're not. Um, but then I did see on Twitter earlier today when you were kind of ranking them, and you had posed that question too. And I, I do kind of agree that it seems like a lot of the other players, you know, maybe three through six, kind of three through seven, seem to lean in favor of the Heat. So. I think the Heat are a more solid uh, team uh, as compared to the Lakers. You know a little bit more what everyone's defined role is, and yet you can still kind of lean on a different person every night, it seems like, to kind of step up. So it's going to be interesting to see the star power of LA versus the team dynamic of, of this iteration of the Heat. I still think in the coaching matchup, I mean, I don't know if Spolstra is uh, – is really going to have any issues like out coaching Vogel at this point, but I, <laughs> but at the same time, you don't kind of want to take away from Vogel. I just don't know what he's done over the season where it's like, oh, you know, I feel like he's really done a great coaching job. Um, so I feel like they have the edge in, in coaching and from the team chemistry standpoint, but I'm not quite sure if I had a bet on it, I still wouldn't bet on the Heat to win. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I do hope and I do kind of want to root them on to win. As far as my comments about Rondo, uh, yeah, I just didn't like him when he was here. I feel like him and Carlisle class. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Yeah, this was not, not not a good experience. But at least I guess the silver lining in that is it got us Powell, who's when he's healthy, has really groomed himself to be a really fantastic player, I think. So, 
Um, so I guess that's the silver lining of that. And then Davis, I just didn't like the way he handled that whole situation in New Orleans. I mean, people ask for trades all the time, obviously, and there are several reasons why. But to basically kind of, I don't know, just like hijack it to everything and be like, I'm going to go and I only want to, you know, I'll only sign with one team or I'll only do this. It's like, dude, you're a professional basketball player. Like, no disrespect. Like, <laughs> at that time, that's your job. It is also about the profession. Like, I get that you want to go where you have the best opportunity, you know, for your family or the best opportunity to win or whatever it is. There are different reasons that people request trades at different places. But at the same time, you also have to have respect for the process and for the professionalism of it. Now, does that mean it's like, I'm never like for the player or whatever to do that. No, I think there are instances where it can go. It's just in this particular instance, I didn't like the way that he handled it, especially when you add on top of it, was it like the last game of last season or the, that uh, he was wearing the Looney Tunes, that's all folks shirt <laughs> in the New Orleans game. It's just like, come on, man. Like, I mean, just don't even go and just get fined. Then. Like, I don't know. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way that in conjunction with Rondo being on there. So as far as X-Mavs go, I'll have to root for Crowder and the Heat. True. Yeah, you got Jay Crowder on the the Heat. He used to be a Mav as well. The Rondo point is a really good one. I think that just Mavs fans and Rondo don't work. I think this, you know, a lot of this argument goes back to a Jerry Seinfeld joke where you know, at some point, being a sports fan, players move so much and they retire and get drafted and all this. Eventually, you're just rooting for laundry, right? Like, if you're a fan of a team, like, eventually all the players move out. And so, with this Heat team, I think they've all cycled out except for Udonis Haslam, really, um, you know, from that team. And so, I don't think that there's a lot of hate left over for just the the laundry of the team, you know, just like the Miami Heat, like, logo or whatever. Uh, Your point about Anthony Davis, though, I'm going to push back and say, didn't Jimmy Butler do that same thing, like, three times? I mean, it's a little different, but but how do you see those two things being different? Yeah, I think the real difference is the pushback with the organization for it. I feel like a lot of the pushback with Butler was the pushback against other players. Now, whether or not that's any more incorrect or any more correct, it, it probably isn't. I think it may be one of those prisoner of the moment things, but I also don't necessarily see that. I, I one thing I do regard Jimmy Butler is in his approach to the game itself, like in that professionalism manner. Like he approaches that game in a very professional way. Um, so I, I think it was just a little more immaturity by Anthony Davis in that regard. But I do kind of see that comparison and in, in the fact of how. Butler left previous stops. Yeah, calling uh calling Rachel Nichols in the jump the day that you're gonna go and go on a tirade in practice. Pretty pretty mature. <laughs> man, I want Rachel oh, Nichols man. in the job, man. What she's so tuned into everything that's going in, going on. She she just shows up when things are like terrible in places and like kinda laughs at it and points. <laughs> I love when she asked when she asked uh, Spolstra like, "What do you think about going against LeBron?" And he's like, "Can I just like have a beer? Can I like enjoy this for one second before it's about LeBron?" Right. Well, and it's always funny too. Oh. Like you see these different takes about like just from like photos. Like I mean, when the, when they won, LeBron was sitting down. And I was like, "Oh, he's basically <laughs> saying the job's not done yet." And you're like, <laughs> I mean, maybe he was just tired. Like, I mean, it could oh, be maybe man. he is saying the job's not done, or like, I mean. 
just these stories you can concoct, right? You're like, oh, confetti fell from the Lakers. They're so proud to make it to the finals where they probably should have been. And then you're like, oh, no confetti fell for the Heat. But is that because they're taking like a different approach to it? Or, I mean, there's just like so many things and stories you can make from like just these little pictures. And I think uh, ultimately we'll find out what where where everyone's headspace is in game one. But <clears throat> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. By the way, a story came out from Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times that the Heat decided not to do confetti. So I know Isaac had his little conspiracy theory that it was, oh, the, the NBA, look, they got the confetti for the Lakers and not for the Heat because they're not as excited about them. But yeah, they were like, it was oh, the, 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 Heat's the Lakers and the revenue. We, so we spent some of that revenue on confetti. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a bonus. It was like yeah. when you go on one of those plans and they're like, all right, if you sell this amount, you get this prize, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> The Lakers sold all their ad spots. Yep. Yep. (laughs) All right, Sean, we appreciate you jumping on, man. Uh, Good takes. I hope, I guess, the Heat win. I mean, it's it's (laughs) like, okay. Don't you lie. You don't hope that. No, no, no. I'm saying, I guess, like, for Mavs fans. Oh, Because it seems like that's the consensus right now, at least on Twitter. It is kind of surprising. I would have thought it would have been closer. It's funny because I know a lot of people don't like LeBron. That's just not... I mean, I've always liked LeBron. I would prefer that he stayed in Cleveland, I think, at this point in his career. But obviously, I get why he moved because there's other stuff he wants to follow. So, Yeah, and he didn't want to live next to a lake that burned at one point. (laughs) Yeah, uh, as, you know, 30 Rock proved that, like, Cleveland is good for like a weekend, but if you don't want to live there, I mean, come on, what's it got? So, oh, okay, all right, Sean, I appreciate you jumping on, man. Before I let you oh, go, go ahead. Uh, I know you're a Bengals fan, <laughs> so how did you feel about the Bengals almost being Eagles yesterday? Oh man, the tie! It just it, the, the way that it ended was the way that it should have ended. That game, no one wanted to win that game at all. Like absolutely at all, no one wanted to win that game, especially the Eagles. They threw it away so many times. The Bengals, really, they're only they have like an average defense, maybe slightly below average because they haven't played that that great of teams yet. But the Bengals' real only problem is their offensive line is like the worst, the like the absolute worst. If they had even an average replacement level offensive line, I think they would be pretty good. They probably would have won two of these games. Well, the good thing is, at least you think it gives Burrow some time to grow even more. The middle of the road, they'll get some good picks, I imagine, and try to be better next year but i mean i'm just, just laughing at the eagles i was just hoping that they would lose somehow <laughs> they it's like almost better that they tied right like you couldn't even lose <laughs> right can't even do that right all right well thanks for oh having man me. the eagles hey sean thanks so much for jumping on take care that's it for us thanks so much for listening to lockdown mavs peace out boom eliminate the Boston Celtics in six games. Next up, the Los Angeles Lakers. I hate them. Every single one of them.